What's up? Welcome back. This is Terry Jordan Adams of Sued by the Debt Collector. Sued by the DebtCollector.com. Hey, today we are going to do some more um, frequently asked questions. We're going to do some more FAQs. And um, I have no intentions on taking up a bunch of your time because I know your time is valuable. But before we get started, I kind of want to tell you about what, what happened this to me this week. Um, I was going to pick somebody up. As you know, I'm taking my glasses off. As you know, I drive Lyft. And so I get there. I'm getting ready to pick up the people. And um, I get there. Well, there's this Asian couple. They're pulling out of their driveway. They're backing out. And then the lady looks at me. She gives me, you know, this evil eye like, who are you? I mean, her neck was stuck out so long. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm looking at her like, what? Anyway, so then they leave, and it, I was in a cul-de-sac. They leave, but then they turn around and come back. They never even made it out of the neighborhood. So they come back, and then they drive back down the cul-de-sac, and they stop, and they're staring at me again. I'm like, what is the problem? Then they leave again. Then um, the guy texts me, and he says, hey, I gave you the wrong address. Um, I'm walking to you. Oh, okay, no problem. So I'm thinking, you know, he's probably a street or two over. So I pull to the end of the cul-de-sac, and here this couple comes again. They come, and they park at the corner, and I was at the end, and they're giving me the stink eye again. They're looking at me like, ah, what are you doing here? So then I'm like, oh, this is just too much. So then I take a right. So I'm thinking, you know, he's not going to be coming from the left because that's how you exit the neighborhood. But so I start driving down the right and the next street's a cul-de-sac. So I look and I don't see any walking, anybody walking. The Asian couple, they decide to follow me. I go to the next street. They decide to follow me. Now, mind you, they're in a car. And then I go to a third street. Don't see the guy. I said, well, let me go back to where I was so that if he comes from another direction, I don't know where, where he's coming from, then he'll see me. So I start to go back and I, um, they're looking to figure out where, where did she go? Where did she go? Mind you, they're in a car and they are literally stalking me. So I get back to the other street. I look at them like, ultimately the guy didn't show up. I ended up canceling the ride. And then I start making my way out of the neighborhood. Now, mind you, I live walking distance around the corner and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. They start following me to the stop sign. I pull over, roll my window down. Then they pull up next to me and they say, we don't know you. I'm like, I don't know you either. Why are you following me? I'm like, what? And they're like, we don't know you. I'm like, I don't know you either. And um, they're like, well, we're neighborhood watch. She's yelling and screaming. We're neighborhood watch. We're neighborhood watch. I'm like, I don't care that you're neighborhood watch. And I'm like, so eventually I say, I'm Lyft. And they're like, oh. And well, we didn't see your sticker. We didn't say, I said, it's none of your business. I said, you didn't request the ride. I'm not here to pick you up. It's none of your business. And so for some reason, sorry, these lights are hot. For some reason, she's thinking she's got all this authority because they're neighborhood watch and they get to harass 
and stalk. And literally, as they were approaching me, they were, she was recording me, my car and everything. I'm like, you know what? This is just so much. This is so much. And eventually, I'm like, bye, bye. And I'm like, it's none of your business. I don't, I don't need to report to you. I'm not here to pick you up. It has nothing to do with you. It's 11.15 in the morning. Here's the thing. What is this black person doing in my neighborhood? What is this black person doing in my neighborhood? I wasn't there more than 15 seconds before they started gawking at me. I'm like, you know what? Apparently, all these cavemen refuse to evolve. You know, I, you know, it's, it's time and time out for this. It's so ridiculous. So I leave the neighborhood. I'm driving down the street because I need to get to um, the gas station. I need to get some gas. And they're, they're coming along. They're following me all the way down. Now I've made turns and everything else. And then finally I get to a light. I throw it in reverse and I pull up next to him. I roll down my passenger window and the guy goes, I promise, I promise, we're not following you, we're not following. And I said, but here's the thing. I said, I deal with enough racism. All you had to do is ask me if maybe there was something you could help me with. Instead, you decided to stalk me. You decided to follow me. You decided to record me. You were doing all of these things that constitute harassment. And all I was doing was picking up somebody that requested a ride. I feel like they changed their tone. Yeah, you know, and they were like waving their hands like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Realizing, I believe, that they overstepped their boundaries. You can't police people. You don't own the streets like that. If I were casing the house, if I, you know... I was dressed for the beach. I had jean shorts on. I had a t-shirt on. I'm in a fairly decent car. I'm in a, you know, a Lincoln a mini SUV. Do I look like I'm getting ready to rob the neighborhood? I do not. I was sitting in my vehicle. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to share, you know, it's time out for this racist profiling. I mean, it's time to grow up. We got to do better as a people. And, um, I'm going to be perfectly honest, for them to be Asian and profile me that way, um, once I made the comments to them, I think they actually felt bad, but shame on them. Okay, shame on them. Anyway, this is Terry Jordan Adams of Sued by the Debt Collector, suedbythedebtcollector.com. If you have been sued by the Debt Collector and you need help, but you don't know where to begin, Make sure you visit us at suedbythedebtcollector.com. Um, we are an excellent source when it, where an attorney is not in your budget. We got you, okay? Anyway, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you text CONSULT to 877-505-0618. Get your free case evaluation so that we can make sure you are able to avoid a default judgment. Do not wait because it's going to cost you in the end, okay? We don't want your wages garnished or none of that. Anyway, now, I'm going to give you a quick update before we do the FAQs. I know I said I'm not going to take up much of your time, but I really, really am not. Um, what I wanted to talk about, I'm so sorry, I've got these hot lights going on. 
Um, what I wanted to talk to you about um, briefly was give you an update. Um, if you remember, um, I believe it's in the Slayer episode, and I um, Slay Debt Collection Lawsuits, I'll put the video in at the end. But I had a client who allowed um, attorneys to get into his head. They, they brainwashed him and they convinced him that he was going to lose. And, you know, he, this is the, the, the client that didn't finish the course. And this is where the attorney said, oh, yeah, you need to settle and, you know, you're going to lose. And these are the attorneys that were served the lawsuit and they never responded. So they set him up for a default judgment. I'm giving you an update on this because I want to make you aware that there's always going to be different scenarios or situations that you're going to have to deal with. And you have to be of the right mindset to be able to get through it. Okay, so um, this particular client was waiting for the end of the month, June 29th, to um, see what the court was going to say. Now, kind of to bring you along, um, the debt collectors filed the lawsuit. They served the attorneys who never filed. The debt collectors didn't do their part. They didn't... Um, uh, file for a proof of service saying that they were served. They didn't file for uh, a default judgment. And, and so this was just a just a hot mess. So what ended up happening was the clerk, the court clerk got involved and they did an order to show cause hearing why they didn't file for the documents and necessary documents to move the case forward and why they didn't show up at the last hearing. So what ended up happening is they scheduled the hearing for the end of the month and pending dismissal of the case. Well, to go back a little bit, the um, attorney that assured my client that they could get him a settlement, that settlement was rejected by the debt collector. The debt collector had him over a barrel, let's be honest. So then he didn't know what to do. The attorneys couldn't do anything at that point. Well, but because the debt collectors dropped the ball, the, the clerk got involved. Now, there was no way for the um, debt collector to go back and fix it to win the case because now the court was involved. They were going to dismiss the case. Well, I'm going back and forth with the client. We're, you know, we're texting and, and conversing, and I'm saying I'm kind of giving them a step-by-step -step of what's happening. Well... Um, he was like, thank you, you know, for trying to encourage me and still trying to help me, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, he really was sounding defeated. Okay. He definitely had not become a slayer. So I, the one of the last messages I sent him was, it's not over until it's over or you quit. And he texted me back and said, it's over for me. So basically he quit. So let me tell you what happened. The debt collectors realized that they had dropped the ball. Mind you, they had already denied the settlement. They were, they were scheduled to win. They were scheduled to get the default judgment, okay? And then what ended up happening is because the court got involved, they were going to dismiss the case because they didn't do what they needed to do. And they were beyond the point of um, regulation in terms of what they should have done. So it was going to be dismissed. Well, they went back to 
the client and his attorney and offered him a $7,000 settlement and told him it had to be paid in the month of July. It was June, okay? Well, first off, that's steep, one. Two, um, how many of you can you know, actually come up with a quick $7,000 like that after you've gone through whatever period of hardship you're in? It's not that easy. Anyway, he decided that he was just gonna pay the $7,000. He quit. Now, what the debt collector did is they kind of threw a Hail Mary out there because they denied the settlement because they knew they were going to win but until the court got involved and they were like, oh, crap. And they, they were like, okay, well, let's get something. And so they offered them a $7,000 settlement and they took it. Okay, well, maybe that's a win for the client. But here's the thing. All of the shenanigans, all of that could have been avoided. And so I just really want, want you to understand when you get involved with sued by the debt collector, we help you to become slayers. Okay. We help you. We show you how to avoid default judgments. We show you how to win your cases. If nothing else, you learn how to audit your lawsuits. So you know what you're looking for. And then you make them accountable for um, suing you. And then if they can, if they, actually can provide everything that they say, then, okay, great. Now let's negotiate. But the key is so that you're not going to just intimidate me into this situation. That's, that's not how this is going to work. You're not just going to extort money for me to make me go away. Now we have to do an audit process and then we have to come to agreement if you can actually prove that you have the right to collect. Okay. All right. Now, Let's see. Okay. Um, let's get into the Q&A because I said I wasn't going to keep you very long. So um, first question is from Carla. Carla says, um, Carla's asking about um, limited cases versus unlimited cases. Okay, so when you're dealing with lawsuits, um, they're considered civil cases, um, debt collection lawsuits, they're considered civil cases. And there's two types of cases. Um, the civil, which is um, civil limited, is $25,000 or less, we're here in California, $25,000 or less, and then an unlimited case is $25,000 or more, okay? so. Limited versus unlimited, that's the difference. If your case is valued less than 25000 then you're limited. If it's more than 25000 it's unlimited. But I'm going to be um, perfectly honest with you. As I, I had told that particular client, the amount does not matter because I teach you about the principles I teach you about the behavior. I teach you about the legality. All of the, all of those things line up. Then you enter into a place where you can start negotiating, dealing with the amounts and stuff. But whether it's limited or unlimited at that point doesn't matter because you're auditing the lawsuit. Okay, so twenty-five thousand or less is limited. Twenty-five thousand dollars or more is unlimited. Okay. Um, I hope that answered your question, Carla. Um, but the whole point is to, you got to get your lawsuit audited. All right. So Karen says, how easy is it to represent yourself? 
and what is the best way to represent yourself? Um, well, first and foremost, Karen, <laughs> that's a good question. If it were easy to represent yourself, everybody would do it. Okay, we're talking about dealing with lawsuits. Okay, lawyers go to school to get an understanding of the law. And so when people represent themselves, one of the biggest um, misses for people that represent themselves is they go in um, and they want to justify why things happen. This happened to me because, and nobody cares. The court is not interested in why it happened. He wants to know, did it happen? And so what happens is a lot of people think, oh, I don't need help. I can just go to the court and I'll represent myself. And they go in and they try to tell their story. And what they do, I think I've mentioned this before, is they unintentionally admit to what that debt collector is saying, which is unfortunate because you did not effectively audit the lawsuit to understand what they were saying about you but by you telling your story you're very casual in your language and you give too much information and the judge then knows that you don't know the laws and he's gonna side with the debt collector well you're admitting this so we're gonna give them that because you don't know how to fight your lawsuit you don't know how to effectively um, audit your lawsuit. So um, what I would suggest, Karen, is that it's okay to represent yourself because the law does give us the ability to do that. But you want to represent yourself well. Sorry about the noise outside. There's uh, landscapers out there. You want to represent yourself well. You need to understand what you're doing. You need to understand who you're dealing with, who your audience is. You've got the judge. You've got the debt collectors. you got to um, learn how to speak their language, okay? You're not telling your friend your story as to what happened. You know, oh, I was in a car accident, and this is what happened. And that's not the point. The point is, what are they claiming against you? And... Um, what are the things they have to support and are they putting words in your mouth and you know, that's what we're dealing with, okay? So um, is it easy to represent yourself if you understand and know what you're doing? If you don't, get help, period. Get help because there's things that you don't know. Um, we over here at Suit by the Debt Collector, we're an expert at this because this is what we do. We study the law as it relates to being sued by the debt collector and we understand their behavior, we understand their tactics, and we understand um, the things that they're doing to um, take advantage um, of the consumers and to extort money out of them, even though they really do know that they're not um, legally equipped to collect on the things that they're saying. So. Um, if you don't want to put in the work, then my suggestion is you're going to have to hire an attorney or you deal with the, um, the, the fallout of the debt collectors. And, but I don't, I really don't think it's necessary to do that. So please don't do that. If, at minimum, reach out to us and let's kind of do a case evaluation and let's, let's have a conversation. You know, it doesn't cost you anything to do that. 
text me consult to 877-505-0618. Okay? And get on the calendar and let's talk. Now, um, okay, we still have a little bit of time. James, James says, I've been sued by the debt collector, but I just don't have time to deal with this or money to hire an attorney. Help, what can I do? I've been sued by the debt collector, but I just want to have, I just don't have the time to deal with this or money to hire an attorney. Help, what can I do? Okay, first and foremost, you have to make a decision. Either you're going to have to give up some time or you're going to have to give up some money. Okay, starting with if you just don't have time to do that, um, a good option is to have, um, well, let's just throw the attorney out because you said you don't have the money to hire an attorney. It is what it is. So then now you have to either do it yourself or you have to have somebody help you to get through it. Okay, now because we have a program it requires you as the um, defendant, you've got to do the work. But you're saying you don't have the time. I get it. Well, um, I have a client team, um, husband and wife. Um, one of them didn't have time to get through it. I believe it was him. And they didn't have the money to hire an attorney. So what is their option? Well, they tag team. Um, she went through the process and they, they would share information and communicate that. Maybe there's somebody in your family or someone that you have in your life that can help you um, maybe go through the course and then keep you updated on the things that you need to know. Maybe you have to pay them a little bit. Maybe it's your, your significant other. You know, but you have to be creative because if you don't, you will Get a judgment and you will lose. The judge will grant the judgment. And the whole point here is to avoid a default judgment. We don't want your wages garnished. You don't want, you know, your bank account tanking. You don't want your a lien on your property or any other recourse that can happen as it relates to a default judgment. So to say that you don't have time and you can't afford an attorney, okay. Well, if you can't afford the attorney, that is what it is. But that means you have to make a decision on how you're going to get through this. It's not, I can't get through this. It's how do I? Okay. You have to become a slayer and you have to think in terms of how can I? We're an affordable option. So, um, I'm just saying, okay. On average, um, the clients we deal with are, um, typically limited, um, Occasionally, occasionally unlimited, but on average, it's uh, been about $3,000 is what they're being sued for, roughly $3,000, okay? So make sure you, you know, don't give up. Just make sure you find the solution. All right, next question. Nico says, what should I ask an attorney if I go for a consultation? Nico. What should I ask an attorney if I go for a consultation? Well, first and foremost, before you um, go for a consultation, you need to read through your lawsuit. Don't analyze it at first. Just read through it so you have an idea of what to communicate to the lawyer. Secondly, after you do that, you need to identify what you would like to happen. 
Do you want to settle? Do you want it to be dismissed? Um, do you want the lawyer to fight for your rights? Do you want them to file bankruptcy? For you have to, to settle what you would like your outcome to look like, what that success would mean to you. Okay. If you don't, if you go into the attorney and you start asking questions, you're going to ask very superficial surface like questions because, um, you don't understand the, um, the context of your lawsuit. So you really want to make sure you understand when you go in there, ask valuable questions because you're not going to get another opportunity with that particular attorney. Um, make sure you go check out the how to hire an attorney video. That's, um, I've already made, um, you want to find out what their expertise is and do they line up with, um, what you offer? Um, sorry, what you're interested in, you know, whether you want it dismissed or whatever, become a slayer, get educated, eat the videos, eat the podcast episodes, whichever you do. Um, but get them all because I think that will give you what you need to at least start and give you a good place to start. And when you decide to go in and ask an attorney, then you'll be clear about what your expectations are. But if you don't know what your expectations are, they're going to give you your expectations. So that's what I recommend. And then once you decide what that is and what they're, they're special, what they specialize in, then you can start to ask questions that are relevant to what your desired outcome is. But otherwise, you're just going to go in there and ask very superficial, random questions that don't line up with your end game. All right. Um, I hope that helped, Nico. Um, and Destiny says, I am struggling morally and ethically about contesting or challenging my lawsuit because I know I created the debt. Again, I'll read it again. I am struggling morally and ethically about contesting or challenging my lawsuit because I know I created the debt. Destiny, you're a great person. That's why you're struggling morally and ethically with this. And yes, this is not about whether you created the debt or not. What it is, is just because you created the debt doesn't mean you don't respond to the lawsuit. That's a whole different animal. Okay, we're talking about apples and oranges here. Um, think of it this way. Yes, you recognize the debt, right? Yes, you created this. Yes, you had intentions on paying this back. But you have to start with who's suing you. Was it the people you borrowed the money from? Or was it somebody else? That's the first question. Do you recognize the people that are suing you? The ones that say plaintiff, not who they name drop in the lawsuit, but the ones that say plaintiff, who are they? Okay. Then you want to audit the lawsuit for accuracy and integrity. The reason for that is, is let's say hypothetically, the original creditor um, said you owe this and this and this and this, but the amount was incorrect or they failed to um, update a payment that was made or give you a credit or they added an extra interest or fees or whatever, and you're not sure of what those things are. You're auditing the lawsuit for accuracy, so you need to find out if that's, you know, if that's accurate. But let's say it's not the original creditor. What if that plaintiff is somebody else, LVNV? 
portfolio recovery, middling credit management, something like that. They're saying that you owe this. You still recognize the amount. You still recognize the debt. But who the heck are they? Well, that creates a whole nother level of trickery. Okay? So it's not unethical or immoral to audit the situation. But it is unethical. It's immoral. And it's illegal for someone to file a lawsuit and misrepresent the facts in there. Let's say if the amount is incorrect. Let's say they deliberately said that, you know, you didn't make this payment on this date. Let's say they're claiming that they're recovering money from you because they lost it, but they never had any skin in the game. You don't even know who these people are. That's immoral, that's unethical, and in a lot of cases, it's illegal. So those are the things that you're looking for. This is not about whether you're a good person. This is about let's check this for integrity and accuracy. That's why we have our ADA formula. We, we show you how to audit your lawsuit for what they're claiming against you, okay, and for accuracy. Then we show you how to defend yourself and then we show you how to create a defense because they have the burden of proof. So you have to answer certain things and then they still have the burden of proof for what they're claiming. And then we show you how to file it so that you don't get a default judgment. This is a very, very important process. Everybody, everywhere, every lawsuit needs to do this. Okay. And when you're self-represented, it is very important that you have some type of structure or format so that you're not trying to make things up along the way. Okay. Um, Destiny, thank you so much for your question. I certainly hope that that helped you also. Looking at the time. All right. So, like I said, I didn't want to keep you too long. I hope this was a helpful episode. And... Uh, Make sure you check out the, the, the episodes in the end. Um, this is Terry Jordan Adams of Sued by the Deck Collector, suedbythedeckcollector.com. Hey, did you subscribe? Did you follow? You know, I always forget to ask you guys. Please make sure that you subscribe and follow so that we can grow, grow the channel and so that we can help other consumers just like you and me and that we can become a team and just share it to the world. Okay, again, this is Terry Jordan Adams of Sued by the Debt Collector, sued by the Debt Collector dot com. Make sure you text us consult to 877-505-0618 and we will talk to you in the next episode and we'll talk to you in a consultation. See you soon. Bye.